We often hide away, working on projects that never see the light of day. In this episode, we talk about the importance of community and how surrounding yourself with like-minded people will help you to achieve far more than you could alone. This is Hit Reply, episode six. Hey, and welcome to Hit Reply, the podcast that gives you an inside view on what it's like to start a startup. I'm Mike. And I'm Fred. And in this episode, we talk about the importance of community. Yeah, so this is one that I'm really excited about because I often find myself recommending this to people when chatting about how to be productive and how to achieve your goals in shipping side projects and moving towards starting a business. So I think it's gonna be a good one. This is also something we mention in our book, Learning to Launch, which you can read online for free at learningtolaunch.co. And we mention in the book that we often hear it said that you become like those you surround yourself with. And there's a quote from Jim Rohn that says, you are the average of the five people you spend most time with. And that's something that I've heard quite a lot in terms of, okay, well, make sure you've got a good group of friends around you. Don't hang out with people that aren't really going anywhere and might drag you down into bad habits. You want to surround yourself with good people. And sometimes some friendships you've got to move on from and you've got to just make sure that you're investing in the right friendships. So I kind of understood it from that perspective. But I've also been thinking about how it applies digitally. And we spoke a bit about this in the book. Yeah, I think it's definitely important who you surround yourself with both online and offline. And one of the first things that we did when we first started out 6x6 and things like that was join online Slack communities. They were just starting up when we were starting 6x6 and uh, you actually joined Hashtag Startup quite early on, didn't you? Yeah, we were quite well-timed with that, really. When we started doing 6x6, as you say, they kind of sprang up. And it was kind of nice because that early buzz was quite cool when everyone's like, oh, this is new and shiny and everyone's introducing themselves. And yeah, I've got a lot of benefit out of these sort of groups. I've met a lot of interesting people on there and I really think that's a, a good way to get started. So as you say, Mike, there's hashtag startup out there, which people can join. There's Maker Hunt, which is for product hunt makers only, but it's also quite nice, quite a good group to get into if you've got a maker badge on product hunt. Yep. And yeah, we've met some really cool people through this. So we've met people like Ben Tossel, who is the community lead at Product Hunt now. Yep. When we met him, he was just being helpful. I don't actually remember what specifically what he was doing, but I remember specifically that he was just very helpful. And you can see why he's got the job at Product Hunt now, because he put in the groundwork. He was basically doing that sort of job before, just helping people yeah. and managing the community there anyway, even though it wasn't his job. So it's been cool to see him get his job there. Daniel Kemp has done well and is working on a project which is called Q. That's Q Triple U. And he worked on a few projects with some people that he met in the Slack group. And now Q's doing really well. So that's quite cool to see him do that. And I found it quite cool to just see people make progress. So we joined those groups a couple of years ago now. And in those couple of years, we've seen people make progress and see people move forwards. And yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, I think one of the things I like the most about the Slack communities is the fact that everyone helps each other. 
and you know if we're stuck on a problem or we're not entirely sure where we should turn to then we can post a message in the slack group and ask people's opinions see what their experiences are and you know people are happy to share their experiences and give out advice and things like that and i think that's really good yeah and quite often in these sort of communities you have different channels for different topics like legal you've got design channels development channels growth lots of different places where you can ask specific questions and people that are interested in that topic will chip in and give you some advice oh actually didn't they rebrand it's not called hashtag startup anymore it's called something else isn't it yeah that's a good point when we joined it was hashtag startup back in the day but nowadays it's called startup chat so it's uh, startup foundations startup chat that's the one yeah so I think something that is maybe lesser thought of in terms of community and who you surround yourself with is the books that you read yeah and the authors that you are essentially rubbing shoulders with and we found that we often read a lot of the same books because yeah. one of us will read it and be like, wow, this is actually really good. Like I've gained a lot out of this. You should read it. So, I mean, obviously one that people are going to be very familiar with is The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. It's like the startup Bible. Yeah. And that book had some like really good points in it and gave you like techniques and like mechanisms for looking at and tackling problems. You know, the most notable being the MVP, the minimum viable product. And I think that helped us a lot with, you know, scaling down and figuring out actually, you know, you don't build these massive things straight from the get go. Like we were saying back in episode four with with Start Small, you know, you have to build these things smaller to start with in a much more agile process and then build on top of them as you're going. Yeah, totally. It's a really foundational book. And it's those sort of things where you can almost get a mentor from your book and you don't always need to have that mentor in real life because you can sometimes be mentored by the books you read and the content you soak in, really. And I think that's a good point that mentors and stuff can be cool. And it's something that I think we're not doing at the moment. But I've heard a lot of people do that, like seek out mentorship. And it's something that I'd like to experiment with and, and try out at some point as well. Yeah definitely so obviously you can read books but these days you can also listen to books and i commute for about three hours on the days that i commute now and it means that i can listen to an audiobook whilst i'm on the train and walking to and from work and it's really useful effective use of my time i can listen to an interesting book that's read by someone who knows how to read well and you found that really useful as well recently mike haven't you yeah i mean i, I listen to it on my commute as well it's much shorter than yours is but I get up in the morning, turn on the audiobook, start listening to it as I'm getting ready for work, listen to it in the car on my way there, and then I'll often listen to it on the way home as well. So I can get a good kind of hour a day in. And for me, I am not a strong reader. And because of that, I tended not to read things, especially things like books. I can get through like a blog post and things like that, but a lot really kind of long form stuff, I lose interest very quickly. So Audible and like audiobooks for me have been a real game changer and have meant that maybe in the last nine months, just this year, since we started using Audible, oh man, we must be in double digits now. I think we must be nearly like 20 books, must be like 15 to 20 which is probably more books than I've read in my entire life before. Yeah, and I'm a really slow reader. I enjoy reading, but I'm just so slow at reading. So having the benefit of Audible has been useful to mean that I can listen to quite a lot of books quite quickly. Yeah. One of the books that we listen to is Anything You Want by Derek Sivers, which I think is quite nice and short. Um, So just a quick shout out on that one. If you want something that changes your perspective on how business works and what business can look like, then that's a good book to read. And as I mentioned last week, I've recently just finished reading the Jobs to be Done book, which is a different type of book in terms of it's a free book, it's quite short. 
which is nice because you can process through it it's all meat and no fluff and you can just get to the good parts and it's just really useful to have that sort of reading around useful frameworks for building products as well yeah another interesting thing about books is that they don't necessarily just have to be about business and like startups and things like that a book that I was introduced to by a guy at work called The Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters. That book really helped me understand how my mind works. I found that it described it in a way that I understood. And I have since gone on to suggest it to lots of people. And I've suggested it to you, Fred. And yeah, you've now good. read it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and I, and I find myself suggesting it to all the different people that I end up talking to when they tell me about the struggles and the difficulties that they have in their life, especially things like motivation and things like that. And trying to understand why they won't do things. I'm like, you need to read The Chimp Paradox because it just explains it really, really well. Yeah, I'm glad i read it it's good it's not one of those books that you think is directly startup related but startups are made up of humans and it's good to be aware of how your brain works so that you can work with it yeah so we've been reading or listening to quite a lot of books recently but we also read a fair amount of blog posts and that's another great way of surrounding yourself with content paul graham's essays i find are really good he speaks often with the perspective of a venture capitalist which means that he has different emphasis on what he's looking for out of products they're looking for the big wins really there whereas for us we're not necessarily trying to play the big game and become the next unicorn but still a lot of the same rules apply and he writes in a really good way so i definitely recommend checking out his essays and we'll link to that in the show notes yeah, and another really good way of surrounding yourself with people that can help you is obviously podcasts. That's what you lot out there are doing right now is listening to us and we're trying to help people through this podcast to help you lot get better at shipping things, achieve your goals, but also to get an understanding of difficulties that we face when trying to build and launch things as well. And Fred, I know that you listen to a lot of podcasts as well. Yeah, so I started listening to some podcasts about 2012. And one of the first podcasts I listened to was Product People, which was hosted by Justin Jackson and Carl Fox. And they were just starting out chatting to people about the products that they were making and interviewing different makers. And it was really interesting to hear the interviews of these makers and talk about their products and their journey. So that was one that I really enjoyed. And I think that was a foundational one for me in terms of encouraging me to think about this more and to dig into it more. Yeah, and I think Justin's latest podcast, Mega Maker, is something that we've both been listening to. And it's interesting hearing someone else going through what we're going through as well which is a similar thing that we're trying to get across in this podcast as well definitely justin's done some cool stuff in that podcast i really like his episode on the burrito and him making this burritos (laughs) it's quite different to what you normally hear in podcasts so it's worth checking out yeah definitely there's other podcasts out there that are really good so a couple that we really like are stops for the rest of us is also the startup chat with Steli FD and Heaton Shah, which is really good. And one that I really liked is season one of Gimlet's startup podcast, which is quite a nice little meta podcast on making a podcast startup. <laughs> it's a bit of a tongue twister, but it's quite cool if you haven't seen it before. You probably have. It's quite famous. But if you haven't, I recommend checking it out. So obviously everything we've spoken about up until now has all been about consuming content. But equally, it's important to produce content yourself as well. Yep. And by doing that, it produces kind of a level of accountability. So one of the things that we did when we started 6 by 6 our challenge to build six things in six months, was to blog every week about what we were doing, about our experiences, about what we'd learned. And part of that meant that we were telling people what we were going to do. And that meant that we had to do it. 
because we didn't want to go back on our word. We didn't want to go back on what we had said. And that's a really important point that external pressure is healthy. And I wrote a blog post about this recently that pressure is healthy and that I put myself under pressure and other people around me put me under pressure to keep me accountable. And I think that's a healthy thing, that it's good to have some level of pressure. Obviously, not all pressure's good, but there is a healthy pressure there. And there's scientific backing to this as well. There's a quote from the Psychological Bulletin, volume 142-2, from February 2016, page 198, which says, Prompting people to monitor their progress can help them achieve their goals, but some methods of monitoring are better than others. Specifically, we would recommend that people be encouraged to record, report, or make public what they find out as they assess their progress. Yeah, that's definitely what we found with 6x6. And I think that's what we would encourage other people to do. So whether it's blogging or tweeting or telling your mum or your cat or something, just tell someone what you're doing and then you will be held accountable by those people. Totally. The main message here is that you shouldn't go alone. You shouldn't expect to just do this on your own and it go well. You can do it on your own, obviously, but you're just making things harder for yourself. If you use the accountability of telling other people, then that will really help you. You don't want to go alone it's almost like you'll die in the desert when it gets tough and the water's low that's where you'll die and we did that a lot and it's not a good place to be in so we really encourage people that tell someone so another form of accountability that we've touched on in previous episodes is masterminds and i have only recently joined one i've been looking one for a little bit but couldn't find a group that fitted with me and i've now joined one that has a really good group of people in it And we've only had a couple of calls so far, but I'm finding that the pressure generated from that is helping me achieve more. So you may be wondering, what is a mastermind? What is this thing? So the concept of a mastermind was originally introduced in the 1920s. It was called a mastermind alliance, and it was introduced by Napoleon Hill in his book, The Law of Success. And then he expanded upon that in Think and Grow Rich in the 1930s. Interestingly, Benjamin Franklin was also in a similar group, which he called a junto. And Napoleon Hill described a mastermind like this. The coordination of knowledge and effort of two or more people who work toward a definite purpose in the spirit of harmony. He also says... No two minds ever come together without thereby creating a third, invisible, tangible force, which may be likened to a third mind, the mastermind. So that's where masterminds come from, is this idea that when you come together and you collaborate together, that you have a almost a third mind appears in terms of you're more than the sum of your parts. You don't just all turn up and all chip in. There's almost a multiplication that goes on when you have these meetings. So one of the biggest benefits, obviously, is the obvious accountability. But alongside that, there's the other benefits of the ability to give back and to give feedback and to help out other people. It's not just a one-way street of just receiving benefits. You're there giving feedback to other people and helping other people out. So I found that really cool just to be able to often say really obvious stuff. It's not normally like, wow, that's like super profound. It's more just listen to someone, hear what they're saying, and then frame them with a question. And then they'll be like, oh, I didn't think of it like that. Um, Or quite often it's just permission. It's just someone will be like, I'm not sure if I can do that and you're like you could totally do that just go and do it and then it kind of removes the excuses for them of not being able to do it because they don't feel like they can because of imposter syndrome or whatever it is it means that they're clear now to go ahead and do it and not feel like they're not worthy of it so to put that into more real world terms and more in a way that we experience it a mastermind is kind of a small group there's normally maybe 
three, four, maybe five people in that group who meet up once a week on a regular call to discuss what they've been working on in the previous week and what they plan to achieve in the current week. And that's one of the really important bits there is it makes you say what you've done and if you've achieved your goals from the week before and what you're going to do and you'll be held accountable for what you say you're going to do. There's also different ways of running those. So Fred, I know you're one, you do kind of a hot seat each week. I found the hot seat really useful. So the hot seat idea is that you spend the majority of the call on just one person. So they have the that week's call to go deep on any questions they've got or any issues they're going through. And as a result of that in our group, we've seen some amazing things happen, really. We've seen people totally change the direction of their business from going one direction to going another direction. In fact, a couple of the guys in our mastermind have had that happen to them in the last months. And just through asking the right questions and digging into what they really want out of stuff, they've found it really useful to help get clarity on the direction they should be going in. So I find that really exciting to be a part of that and to be able to help bring clarity there. So obviously with all this talk of masterminds, the obvious question that's going to come up is, well, how do you find a mastermind? And I think there's there's different ways that you can go about doing that. But for me, it was uh, Fred. Yeah, so there was a bunch of people that I'd spoken to that seemed like they would benefit from a mastermind. And it kind of came together quite organically in terms of it all lined up. So it was just one of those things where there was a bunch of people that seemed like they were on a similar path who would benefit from a mastermind. So just hooked you guys up and it, it worked out. For me, finding my mastermind, it was just through Twitter. Benjamin Dell, one of the guys that I follow on Twitter, he posted out saying that he wanted to start a mastermind about like software as a service people and I saw that and I thought yeah I'm not doing software as a service but I'll be cheeky and say that I'm interested anyway and he was cool with it and it worked out well so our mastermind's been really cool and we've got a nice variety in our group as well in terms of a couple of agency owners like a consultant a business coach and me so that's one way you can do it you can look to see who you're already in contact with on places like twitter and the more people that you meet online and offline the more chance you'll find like-minded people that you can form these groups with yeah and i think that's a that's the main point here is you need to tell people that you are looking for a mastermind group and see who kind of comes forward and says actually yeah i'd be interested in doing that as well if you're looking for a more kind of structured way of doing it there is a channel on startup chat that is specifically for joining and creating masterminds so there is if you know if you're part of that slack group that's a great place to start to look for a mastermind group as well so to wrap up on this week's episode we just really want to emphasize how important it is to surround yourself definitely And there's so many benefits you get out of that from the accountability that you can get, from the learning you can get, from the ways you can give to other people as well. And it's not just something that applies to your friends, those five people that you surround yourself with in your day-to-day life. It also applies to the people that you surround yourself with digitally. And it's important to surround yourself with a bunch of good people and good content that will help you to get to where you want to go on the path you're on. Yeah, totally. So you can find this episode's show notes at hitreply.co slash six where you'll be able to find all the links to all the different books and people and things that we've spoken about in this episode just a note we've recorded this episode ahead of time because while you're currently listening to this we are in america that's right so if you are in or around the la san diego or new york city areas then reach out to us we'd love to meet up and talk about this type of stuff with you and you can also join our mailing list at hitreply.co slash subscribe where we send out a weekly newsletter and you'll also find links there on how you can subscribe to the podcast as well so how do you stay accountable do you blog 
Do you tweet? Or are you already part of a mastermind? Hit reply and let us know.